Hi everyone, thank you very much for joining us on this Happy Startup webinar. Um, these webinars are really for us, uh, an opportunity for us to connect with founders and change makers out there doing the Happy Startup thing the way we see it. And today I have Meredith Whiteley here, founder of Food at Heart. Uh, and she's on a mission really to help us develop a more conscious way of eating and living. And I know for a while I spent a lot of time uh, thinking of food as just a fuel, particularly when I was younger, it was just how full can I get and then run off and do stuff. But really that can actually have some kind of dire consequences for down the line if you don't really think about what you're putting into your body. Uh, and not all foods are good for us. And I think the, and the, from talking to Meredith and understanding more about what she does, I think the more we are uh, conscious about what we eat uh, and really take some time to enjoy that food, the better it is for us, I think, not just in terms of body and in terms of mind. But Meredith is the expert on that. She'll talk to you more about that later. Um, so as the Happy Startup School, uh, we're on a mission to bridge the gap between the work we do and the people who we really are. And is it's when we are able to combine um, our values uh, and the mission that we're on, the things we want to do, and create our own definition of success, which isn't really just about the money. Really, the money should be a byproduct of doing good work, and good work should be doing that stuff that's filled with purpose and passion. And hence, I want to talk to Meredith today. So um, before I kick off with Meredith, I wanted to just let you uh, do a bit of housekeeping. I think hopefully if you guys haven't done this and been on Zoom before, uh, there is a little chat facility, so say hello as you come onto the call and, and type your name in there. It'd be nice to just know that there's other people watching. Um, also, if you have any questions, we're going to try and answer questions at the end of the, of the webinar. If you have any questions during the webinar, just type them into the Q&A box, which you'll find as well on the bottom of your uh, Zoom window, uh, and then we'll try and run through them up at the end. So I think that's everything. Uh, so hi, Meredith. Hi, <laughs> thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> How are you doing today? Very well, thank you. I'm trying to think of all the crazy rain we had last night as a blessing for my garden. So. <laughs> oh my God, yes, the thunder and the lightning, that was scary. And it's a bit of a muggy feeling down here in Brighton today, I'm feeling a little sweaty. Yeah, So yes. same where I am. <laughs> <laughs> cool, so I think for everyone uh, who's joined the call, um, to give them a understanding of who you are and, and a kind of a bit of your background. It'd be good to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Great, thank you. Well, it probably comes as no surprise. Um, I've always been very, very passionate about food and it's something that actually started me from, from a really, really early age. And I think some of my earliest memories, I guess they're different for everyone, but mine are very much of being in the kitchen. And I think one of my favorite things to make with my mum was those little fairy cakes where you scooped out the middle and you cut the little wings and you put them on top of the cupcakes. And that whole pleasure of just, you know, having a bit of fun and exploring and almost not being quite tall enough to reach the top of the bench yet and standing on stairs. So it was probably... A little bit of an indication that that was really what my life was going to be about but you know it hasn't been I guess a straightforward route to to get to that either I think food was a really common theme for me um, but it wasn't something that I guess was my professional work for quite a while it was actually what I did in my spare time and my professional work sort of went a slightly different direction um, 
yeah, you know, I started in the music industry. I worked in a lot of corporate jobs and I always kind of knew early on I wanted to do something to help people, which is possibly why I was studying law. I don't know whether that helps people or not. But then, you know, I, I worked for quite a long time in market research with big corporate companies, which was fantastic commercial experience. But I think I essentially got to the end of that stint thinking, hmm, I'm just really essentially helping big companies sell more toothpaste. And even though I'd sort of been trying to work into that, working with people and helping train and coach and mentor people, I kind of felt like I needed a bit more purpose. So the next maybe not so logical step was moving into the public sector and working with strategic marketing and working predominantly with uh, public health, actually. And a lot of issues I was very passionate about with health and the environment and things like childhood obesity. And I guess I'd expected this to feel very worthwhile. And actually, as it turns out that to be honest, there wasn't a huge amount of difference working in the public sector as there was to the private sector. And even though I learned a lot and the outcomes in theory were kind of useful, I think it still wasn't quite what I was looking for. And so I moved from that into e-commerce and working for eBay. Again, not a natural step towards food, but I think I kept looking for jobs that were in the food industry while I'd been doing this, but ultimately was I guess really looking for jobs where I felt like I could make a difference in people's lives. And even with eBay, that was something that had driven that choice for me because I felt that they were a business that could really change individuals' lives. And after my stint in the public sector, I kind of thought, oh no, that's not for me. I'm going to go back to the private sector. But it's still, you know, I guess my spare time was filled with a lot of things food related. And I was very passionate about healthy eating and passionate about the difference that cooking made to you know, a really uh, healthy and happy life. But I also felt, I guess, with these big companies, because I'd always pretty much worked in big companies, I just felt quite removed from the ultimate end customer and the people and not having that direct impact. So, you know, it was really, it was a thread that worked along this, but actually food kind of was hovering there all the time. But it took a little while for me to finally just embrace that, I'd say. So that then kind of ultimately became food at heart. Cool. So you, you've been on this journey and you're, essentially there's the impact you wanted to make and the meaning you were looking for in your work. Um, but at some point, working in the corporate sector wasn't cutting it. Working in those kind of large organizations wasn't cutting it. And, and there was a trigger for you to actually maybe think about not doing that anymore. Yeah, you know, and it was really interesting because I think there'd been a few things that were building up, but it was almost a bit of a perfect storm of not even necessarily sort of one big moment. Well, it was ultimately a big moment, but it was fed by all these these small things. So there'd been a bit of a tragedy in my family, which was you know very difficult for us as a family, and it meant that I'd been travelling quite a lot. So my body was quite tired. I was going into quite an intense period with the work that I was doing, and across all this time you know we can be very good at ignoring all these signs that our body is telling us and even though I've always been fairly attuned with my body and I've always eaten quite well actually things I've kind of been able to hide with my digestion for quite a while were just kind of jumping up and down a little bit more and trying to kind of get me to pay attention and I think with all of these other things happening at the same time I just really, I woke up one morning and I remember it was a Monday morning and I just couldn't get out of bed. I was just exhausted. I was too scared to drive to work 
Um, fortunately, they were very understanding and I could work from home for a week. But, you know, my body actually forced me to stop and really look back at what I'd been building up over the last really 12 to 18 months. And I guess a lot of those needs in me to be working with people in a different way that I'd kind of been trying to shoehorn into the work that I was doing. And then actually, ultimately, my body just said, no, you've got to stop. You've got to pay attention. And then there was an opportunity. This came at a really good time. There was an opportunity to take redundancy, which was incredible because, you know, I'd been through various redundancies in other companies before, but I'd never wanted to leave. But this was that moment of just everything almost kind of waving its hands at me and saying, Meredith, this is this opportunity. And it was scary and it was exciting. And I'd kind of been laying the groundwork for a while up to then as well. And even trying to reduce my hours at work. So I'd gone down to four days a week. But then there was this moment that just said, this is it. You've got this opportunity. It could not be any more clear than that. And I think it kind of all came to a head. And I was like, yeah, this is where I've, I've just got to make that leap and see what happens. Cool. And at that point, you were trying to also then look at your own diet and how you could change that to make yourself feel better? Or did you have the opportunity then to, to start laying the groundwork? Yeah, and I did. And I did that before, I guess, before I was, I'd left my job. And it was, you know, I felt a bit hard done by because, I mean, I basically have issues with irritable bowel syndrome, which is really common in Western countries these days. And I think I perhaps hadn't understood quite how serious it can be. And I, as a result of that, as I said, I felt quite hard done by because I've always eaten very well. I've always eaten organic and I cook from scratch. But, you know, even, and this was, I guess, the real awakening for me is that it's not just about what you eat, it's about how you eat and the state that your body is in. And so I'd started working on that and doing a much more regular form of daily meditation and reflection. I'd gone straight back to basics with my diet. I'd had to strip out a whole load of food and really work through the sorts of things that I enjoyed eating and actually made me feel okay as well. Because at that stage, actually, my body was rejecting a lot of food. I was finding it quite difficult to do a lot of the things that I'd enjoyed for quite a long time. And, you know, things like going out for dinner with friends, you know, it could suddenly get really complicated because a lot of the food that I'd previously been able to eat just made me feel awful. And I became one of those people that, you know, couldn't eat this and couldn't eat that. And it was kind of embarrassing for a while, but actually it was, it was a really amazing process to work through because I had to become so, so much more aware of my body. And I had to eat very simple food and work out ways to make that really, really tasty. And I, you know, again, I'd always cooked a lot, but I just had to be even more clever and more creative with the way that I was using flavors and spices. And also at the same time, really looking at the way that I was eating, I was kind of forced to slow down because I had to be very gentle with my body. And it was really interesting that, you know, I still have moments where I kind of, my body is not behaving itself. It's a million times better, but I discovered this kind of almost side benefit that suddenly I was tasting all this stuff in food that I'd never really tasted before. I was tasting so much more. And this combined with my love of chocolate, which is kind of my sense of balance. I mean, I, I love whole foods, but I'm a huge, huge chocolate fan of dark chocolate. And I have been for a long, long time. So the two things together were kind of slowly teaching me different ways of tasting and enjoying food and also not feeling like, I had to miss out because I was finding things that tasted and made me feel really good. So while there was, you know, definitely a difficult period and a period where I fell out of love with food and I had to really rebuild that relationship. And I guess 
that's ultimately through a bit of iteration what my business has then become about, which was also not what I expected in the early days either. So yeah, so tell us that transition. What, what did you say? So you, you had this new kind of discovery of joy of food and, and a more mindful way of eating food. Where did the spark for then uh, turning it into a business come from? Yeah, I think, as I said, I've always been really passionate about the importance of cooking, um, but also cooking is something that's enjoyable. I think one of the things that I get a little bit frustrated with is, you know, we talk about sort of healthy eating and eating, you know, real foods as if it's some kind of punishment. And actually, it really, really isn't. And I think, you know, the spark came through a variety of things, I think. And I think this was one of the interesting things for me with, with setting up a business especially when you're doing something that's a little bit different and is driven by a bit more than just about making money is that it was a little bit of an iteration of starting to weave more of myself into the business because when I started I was actually building a website which was more of a marketplace for people to find food events and cookery events because I thought that was really important for people to find those things and it's what I was doing in my spare time so I started with me as my own customer and then I, I realized that actually it was it was a bit more than that and it was okay to put some of myself into the business. I think I'd been a little bit scared of that for a while, especially because I was a bit embarrassed about, you know, how my body was and all the things that I'd gone through. But it was kind of very, very slowly realising some of what I'd learned and how this could be beneficial to other people, but also taking a lot of the skills that I'd had in previous work that I hadn't necessarily recognised. So things like um, running workshops and training, all these sorts of things. I've done a lot of this in my previous life and a lot of talking with people and being with people. So it was a sort of combination of allowing myself to put some of this personal experience into the business and also making the most of some of those skills that I already had um, and just really getting hands-on with food and, and really trying to share that passion that I felt about food and trying to get that to as many people as possible. Awesome. Cool. And so... You say the the idea has evolved and from marketing to workshops, uh, who are the kind of people that you work with and what, what are they looking for? Yeah, and it's a variety of people. It, it tends to be mostly people who are busy professionals that are interested in food and want to be eating or cooking a bit better or just being a bit more creative with food as well. And I think, you know, people that... Yeah, almost like a little bit sick of all the sort of competing, confusing health messages that come across because, yes, there's complexity and, yes, there's things like even sustainability, which is a big part of what I do. They can be complicated. However, we don't have to take all those complicated bits. I think when you kind of strip back a lot of those messages, this is about eating really good, whole, unprocessed food, allowing yourself to have things that you might think are naughty and not kind of really attaching all these emotions to eating that we've somehow got used to. So, yeah, it, it tends to be people, I'd say kind of mid-20s, early mid-40s sort of tends to be, but I get a broad range. I mean, some people come because a lot of what I do is chocolate related. Some people, some people just come because they love chocolate, which is cool as well because I love chocolate too. <laughs> and some people come for more the sort of mindfulness and the meditation aspects. And I kind of blend all of these into one because I deliberately want this to be something that's accessible to everyone. And this is not a sort of hardcore mindful eating program. This is about how do I start understanding all my senses, how I can use them with tasting and cooking and really have fun with it. Cool. And um, running a business is, is, difficult enough running a business is based on something more than than just making money that's a challenge you have your ups and your downs have you found navigating this 
entrepreneurial life, particularly a purposeful one? Yeah, you know, <laughs> roller coaster is a great word. I mean, <laughs> you have these amazing highs and then you have these deep, dark lows. And I think I've described it to a few people before. I think starting a business is one of the best forms of therapy you could possibly have because, you know, you're suddenly stripped bare of all this stuff that you can kind of hide when you're working in a big business particularly you know you can and you can have like a crappy day and hide behind your screen and no one really needs to know about it but you know you're forced to face all these insecurities but also you find this strength inside yourself and you have all these things that you've had the pride of knowing that you're creating whether it be on your own or in collaboration with other people and so that's it's it's really really rewarding but I think, you know, one of the things that's really, really helped me do that is working a lot on mindset, which I don't think I had realized quite how much this was a part of, of running a business, particularly as a sort of solo entrepreneur um, or even kind of just with a couple of people. And so I think one of the things that's been really critical for me was finding a fantastic business coach. Um, yeah, that, that's just made a huge, huge difference. And it, it helps me with the ups and downs because they're just a natural part of running a business and so there's that whole level of accepting that learning to and embrace being uncomfortable but also kind of having a bit of a shoulder to cry on every now and then and I think you know that the process for me of finding that person was you know over over a little bit of time as well I kind of identified that I needed a mentor or a coach and I wasn't quite sure which one I wanted um, and I'd kind of been keeping an open mind as I was talking to people but there was a particular person who I'd been following her business for a long time I really liked her tone of voice, went along to some of the events that she ran, not realising she actually also did personal coaching. And I just, you know, really, the way that she spoke and her approach to business really resonated with me. But she's also, you know, a good 12, 18 months ahead of me in terms of some of the things that I really, really wanted to do. So, you know, we, we had a first call and, and chatted and just instantly I felt, look, this is the person that's that's right for me. And it's just been you know she's great because I get some really direct business advice uh, but I also get that support that I need from a mindset perspective as well and, and really kind of working through that and you know sometimes just just realizing that things are normal I think that's one of the thing the other things that you don't realize especially when it's your first time of doing something on your own you don't know what's normal and what's not so I think even just someone especially if they're coaching other people to say hey it's okay other people are going through this too, or this totally not natural, or I went through that as well, and here's how I managed it. That's really, really helpful. And I, I don't think until I found that person, I realized quite the difference that that would make in helping me just keeping going with what I'm doing. That's great to hear. I think uh, for us, one of the reasons why we built the community is to address that feeling of loneliness, especially when you're a sole founder. I was very lucky because I had Lawrence and we were working together, so we kind of complemented each other and also were able to push each other forward and support each other. But when you're on your own and you're just living with your thoughts, it can be a quite a dark place sometimes. And having people yeah. around. Many people have spoken about dark nights of the soul, and I will admit to having mine. And you think you've kind of come out the edge, and then they just like hit you sideways. But it's you know, it's, it's okay as well. And I think the balance of, I have, I've also built over time, you know, a, a network of other people in similar positions to me. And I think that's also really important to have that sense of community. But I also think it's important to have not just those people, but those people that are ahead of you and can give you actual advice. Because sometimes when you're all at the same stage together, it can kind of be difficult to, to see the future ahead. So I think 
having a balance of all those things has been really important. And, you know, I've met some of the most incredible people across this journey that I wouldn't have even come across if I'd stayed with what I was doing. So no matter what happens in the future, I've built some amazing relationships with some fantastic people that have just really, really inspired me. And some of those have been through Happy Startup School as well. So, you know, it's, it's been really beneficial. Well, there was India. And of course, yes. that was a lovely experience and an amazing time that we had over there. Uh, it was two years now, isn't it? No, is it last yeah. year? What, last year? I know it keeps blending into one. I can't work out dates at the moment. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know, we run retreats as well as we do the summer camp of the online community. And one of the retreats is in the Alps. The other one we do in India. And the first one we did in India was in Tamil Nadu. Uh, and Meredith came along with us, along with another 20-odd entrepreneurs and changemakers. And I learned a lot that, that time. It's, it's great to be a, in an inspirational, different place and talk to people with new ideas. Yeah, I, I just, and it was a really big decision because, I, you know, as you can imagine, when you're an entrepreneur, especially starting out, you don't have generally loads of cash coming in. And it was this, but, and it was a really last minute decision as well, which was kind of unusual for me as well. It was like, because normally I've planned these things quite a long way out. And I managed to um, convince someone else who has subsequently become a really, really close friend who we knew each other a bit. I convinced her to share a room with me, which I still can't quite believe. So, you know, not only did I meet these new amazing people, it really cemented and built a very strong business and personal relationship with someone. And I think, you know, what the interesting thing for me with that was almost because it didn't have too much structure, there was a lot of flexibility to just allow things to bubble up and develop. And that's really, really important in business. And sometimes when you're going full tilt and you're kind of packing your day with your, your social media scheduling and your call to this and all of this and blah, 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 it can be really hard to take time out, even as a person who's sort of doing that as a business. And so I have to be really careful of that because that's also the core of my business. And so I really need to make sure that I integrate this as part of my business, not feeling like it's this kind of add on that I try and tack on around the edges. So that was, you know, really, it was really enlightening for me, even just to have that week away and that freedom to think and talk and explore it was fantastic. I think there's for too many people in work, they, they treat themselves as machines that work during these hours and then relax during other hours. And somehow creativity has to happen at some point. And I don't think, I don't think we can work like that. No, <laughs> no, we don't. Cause otherwise you end up like what I was like when I was back in my old corporate job, which is not good. <laughs> wow. So what's next for food at heart? So, um, yeah, I've got a few exciting things on the bubble. I guess one of the big things that I've developed this year is my online program, The Joy of Eating. And that was kind of really much designed to spread more of the message because what I've predominantly been doing up to that point was, um, you know, I had my website, been doing cooking workshops. Now, mostly they're kind of focused around chocolate because it's a great ingredient to teach people about these things. But I'm actually sort of morphing that online program into one-to-one -one support with people um, to work them through some of the things that I've discovered and explored and make that a much more personal journey, um, as well as also on the kind of similar trend, uh, running day cacao retreats at my home in Buckinghamshire for just a small number of people because... I really felt that, I mean, what I, and it's also has taken me a little while to recognize is that what I get the most pleasure from is really working with small groups of people or with people one-to-one -one because that just gives me, that really fires me up and inspires me. And I, I love sharing knowledge that I've gained, but I also love hearing back from other people and kind of almost co a co-creation type approach to these things. So, you know, a combination of these two things is sort of really the, the, my main focus for the next few months, which is really exciting. 
Brilliant. And, and you mentioned an online course. How, how did you manage, what do you use to get that up and running and, and how did that work for you? Yeah, so I really wanted to, as I say, I wanted to expand some of the messages of, with what I was doing in my workshops to people that either couldn't get to my workshops or didn't live in the UK and I'd have that more broadly. So I use Teachable. That was a platform to set that up. It's, it's really straightforward. Um, you can load on videos. I worked on the content. Um, and, you know, it, took, it obviously takes a little bit of work to design this kind of stuff. I mean, I've, I've got a bit of background, again, in designing programs and training. So that sort of helped a bit. But to be honest, this was so much more fun. And it's one of the things I've had the most pleasure from in my business, which kind of surprised me a bit because it was great to just get all of this information out of my head into something really structured and all actually also use it for my own practice as well. So I still go back through a lot of these things that are in the program and I use it for myself. So it's not like you kind of just do these things once. The whole premise is that this is an ongoing journey forever. And that's also one of the reasons that I wanted to do it in the online program format, because it means people can come back and access it when they need to with flexibility as much as they want to. But I think kind of having having that online set of information in place is just really helpful for people because I think even if you're having either a class or a phone call with people, you know, we're human beings, we forget stuff. I'm, I'm exactly the same. So I think when you've got something in writing, it can kind of trigger off a few bits and pieces for you as well. But as I say, I actually found it just a really exciting, creative project to be working on as well. That's awesome. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, I think it's... Uh, it, like you said, we forget things. It's nice to have somewhere that you can go back to and remind yourself. So um, now that uh, where you're at the moment, what, what is it that you're struggling with, need help with? Because, you know, we've got a community here and we love to connect people. Is there anything that we can help you with? Yeah, I think my challenge, which is probably similar for a lot of small businesses, is just, you know, getting getting my message across in the right way to the right people and kind of making sure that that's really resonating and that I'm listening really well to people. I think, you know, building building up the community for people that we can all sort of feed. It's kind of some sort of not bad pun <laughs> off each other. <laughs> it's, it's kind of part of it. And I think, you know, I'm always really looking for really interesting collaborations with people as well, because I think that's also one of the things that when you're working on your own, sometimes it can feel quite lonely. And I get a lot of inspiration from seeing people who are doing similar or connected things and not even necessarily in food. So I think, you know, anyone who wants to talk to me, I'm always up for talking, you know that. <laughs> I love talking. But I also, you know, I think it's 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 great to hear from people. And I also it's really helpful for me to hear from people who have had similar challenges to me in terms of food and eating because I, I want to keep learning from people's experience and understanding how I can really help people and where things resonate and where they don't and to keep developing my offering so that it really, really works and helps people because that's what I want to do. You know, I'm not just doing this to build a business that makes money, though that is quite clearly part of it. You know, I need to be living, but, you know, I'm doing this because I really want to make a difference to people and I learn so much from other people myself that that's incredibly valuable for me personally and professionally. Awesome. So you're going to help people feed themselves in the same way, feed yourself. Absolutely. And help them taste really good chocolate. So if anyone wants chocolate recommendations, always happy to talk about chocolate. <laughs> uh, and the best way for them to get in touch with you, what, uh, what, 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 how, what do they, should they do? Website, email? Yeah, you can go, go. Yeah, you can go to website um, um, foodatheart.co.uk. Drop me an email, uh, Meredith at foodatheart.co.uk. Either is absolutely fine. Um, 
always happy to, you know, whichever way works for you, to be honest. And I'm always happy to jump on the phone if anyone wants to have a chat too. Cool. So we've got a couple of questions. I'm just going to see. Um, we have a question from Liz. Uh, she says, how do you combine mindful eating with the online course materials since it's a very sensory experience? Yeah, so basically what the online materials do is actually give exercises like a little bit of, so I have a little video where I explain um, each of the different senses, um, the importance of them. But then there's exercises to help you put that into practice. And some of it's with some guided meditations as well. So I have some little mini meditations. Um, so I have one, for example, very simple, which is around uh, having a comforting cup of tea and just sort of sitting for a few minutes and really kind of touching the cup breathing in the aromas, just taking very small mouthfuls and just really experiencing that pleasure. So the idea is that actually with the videos and the instruction, these are all things that you can experience yourself. But it's also why I now want to shape that as a coaching one-to-one -one support because I also realise that for some people, I think also having that advice and the need to discuss that, it, it just needs to be a bit more in-depth. So it's a really good question and it's kind of why I'm sort of taking that to a more personal experience exactly because of that um, question. Brilliant. Uh, Shoti had a quick question about how you found your business coach, but I think you addressed that before someone you were following before, wasn't it? Yeah, I gently stalked her. I think that would be <laughs> like my polite way of, of saying it. Um, yeah, so I'd, I'd been following her for a while I, um, and then it, it kind of came about quite naturally because I went to a couple of her events and I actually went and introduced myself to her and actually she said straight away, how can I help you? She kind of knew that I was looking for something, which is always a sign of a good coach as well, someone who's quite intuitive. So, um, yeah, it, it was a, a matter of kind of following her. And there are other people, it was actually one other person who doesn't coach me, but I bought into their online program. And again, I followed her uh, for about sort of six to 12 months before reading some of the content, seeing what was coming out. And that was really how I identified it. Cool. And then a final question from Liz. She says, how do you feel about business growth and is there a limit to how big your business wants to be? Yeah, do you know, that's a really good question. And it's, it's something that, you know, it's, in, and it's, it's kind of almost counterintuitive that some of what I'm doing is actually going rather than going mass market and going back to one-to-one -one working because I actually feel for me that's the way I can make a difference at this point. However, there, there is no... Um, nothing saying that I couldn't change that or potentially train other people into doing this or again have a lot of self-study courses that expand that so I think I I'm not putting a natural cap on the business at this stage I think that's something again I would naturally have done in the past is to think I can only go so far and I think that was something that almost distracted me a lot in the first six to 12 months because there's always this talk of how can you scale? How can you scale? How can I get investment? How can you scale? And it was really like, I don't know. I don't know. Now I don't really think about that. Now I think more, you know, how can I make a difference to people and how can I do something which I get a lot of pleasure from as well and allow that to naturally develop because who knows where this is going to take me. And, you know, I've, I've written a couple of chapters for someone else's book, which is fantastic, which could lead on to other things as well. So I think there's almost, I, I don't worry about that quite so much at this stage. And I almost want to leave that to naturally unfurl. Fantastic. So resonates a lot with what we believe it's, and you're, you're at the moment, you're enjoying your work and you're fulfilling a need and who knows, who knows what will happen with any business these days. Well, this, this is very true. I mean, it's, it makes me laugh because I think especially 
if you've ever worked in corporate jobs, you're always kind of talking about, you know, 12 month plans and three year plans and five year plans. You know, if I looked back to what I was doing three years ago, I could not have told you I was doing this. So while it's helpful to have some objectives and visions and things like that, I think one of the things that I've loved embracing is not having to be too strict and structured about that so that you don't miss really interesting opportunities that just kind of sometimes pop up out of left field. And if you're too tied to your way of doing certain things you can really miss those opportunities so I've learned over time to have a level of flexibility with that while still I probably you know I think three six months out and I do have um you know I do all the sort of visioning of where I want to be in a few years time but that's more I guess about lifestyle and how I feel about the business and how I'm helping people rather than absolute specifics brilliant thank you very much well thank you very much Meredith that's been Awesome. And so remember, if you want to get in touch with Meredith and you want to find out more about what she does with Food at Heart, it's foodatheart.co.uk or you can email her meredith at foodatheart.co.uk or just pop us an email or a tweet and we can forward you on. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, just to let you guys know, uh, summer camp's on its way. So if you want to join meet people like Meredith or you're someone who's like purpose-driven and you want to be surrounded by people who are purpose-driven too so you don't feel like you're the lone nutcase wherever you are come and join us it's an amazing time September you've got two months tickets on sale at the moment uh at the end of July the ticket prices are going to go up so make sure you get your tickets soon so that's my plug uh back again to you Meredith thank you very much for joining me oh you're very welcome it's been really lovely thanks for having me on board Cool. Okay then. Well, bye-bye everyone. Thanks for joining the call and see you on the next webinar. Bye-bye.